Welcome or welcome back to Backstage at the Customer Experience. I'm your host, Kathleen Peterson, founder and chief vision officer of Powerhouse Consulting. I've spent more than 30 years in the contact center industry. I've seen a lot having worked with some of the world's top customer focused companies across multiple industries. I tend to speak very candidly about everything to do with the customer experience from the C level to the cube level. I've explored what it takes for the contact center to deliver a five star performance. This podcast is designed to share insights to the five star customer experience rating and have some fun doing it. I'm joined today by Hannah Karamanugian, our Director of Marketing and Operations, to discuss this question. If information is currency, are contact centers revenue engines? I wrote an article a number of years ago that was uh, talking about uh, information as currency in the digital age. and. I think it has proven to stand the test of time when we look at the way that information drives so many of our of, of our activities, whether it's personal or professional. But when we get into the contact center, the contact centers are really a pure source of information. It is really the currency that they need to barter with at the enterprise level because in the contact center you know they're capturing new fresh raw information uh, directly about its callers its customers prospects patients whoever they are when you're talking to them or when you're interacting with them um, through whatever channel we are still learning about what drove that call to occur and when we look at information as currency we have to ask ourselves how are we using the information in our contact center today are we using it to um, cross-functionally align are we using it to measure are we using it to defend or to uh, support so I think we've got a, a lot of contact centers who tend to confuse metrics with information uh, because there's a couple of categories in this but I want to start by talking about the fact that a lot of organizations have been chasing metric information and they're confusing that with information and analytics um, you, what do you think of that well I think you brought up a really an interesting point of how our contact centers using the information and you said are they using it the, the metrics are they what are they doing but it's also are they using it at all you know i read a statistic recently from dimension data that 52 percent of contact centers don't share their customer intelligence outside of the contact center so that right there you know what are they gathering and how are they using it and why aren't they sharing it <laughs> Well, and I think that that's a, a that's a scary statistic, honestly, mm -hmm. that, um, you know, when you have to ask yourself, why aren't people valuing the information that they have? And I think that's another challenge that we face in the leadership uh, rank and file, 
because you find people and you know even recently I've found people you know still to this day chasing metrics I had a situation with an organization that was looking to uh, ignite an initiative around getting a five minute getting to a five minute call we want shorter calls well I think in today's contact centers we have a much more complex business environment. We have, as a uh, an entire uh, industry, been very successful at, at taking high-frequency, low-complexity contacts and automating those. They're pushed to the web. They're being handled um, by mm -hmm. IVRs. Uh, there's a lot of ways for people to accomplish a task that was once the job of the contact center. Now the contact center is dealing more with what we cannot automate. The right. more uh, high and low frequency contacts that are higher in complexity. So we really have to check ourselves. And I think before anybody starts looking at call duration as a as an objective, has to first be able to answer this question. And that question is, which call duration produces the best results? And let's take, for example, if I'm healthcare, the results that I want to produce are essentially, uh, in an access center, for example, I want to book an appointment. I want it with the right doctor at the right location at the right time and I want them to show up. So the patient mm -hmm. who has booked the appointment with a physician of their uh, choice in a location that they want at a time that is convenient, they've also been properly registered. They make sure the insurance is accepted. The patient has no surprises when they arrive. If, it's a, if they need directions of where to park, if there's a coffee shop, that is what we're that's the those are the outcomes that we want to produce so if you can't tell when someone says to me well we're, we're, we want to shorten this call it's like well what is the you know what do you know about that call what right. is attractive to you about that call beyond the fact that it's shorter because you know when people relate that shorter call fewer resources it's like well not if you have to handle problems right not if that person has to call back now to book a second appointment. What if I need to book for my children on top of this? You well, know? what if they don't show up? You know, what yeah. if they go to the wrong location? In the world of centralized health care, we all know that physicians travel from location to location. So on Tuesdays, I'm in one location. Thursdays, I'm in another location. So we see all of, you know, all these kinds of problems. I actually... Uh, recently heard somebody say about their outsourcer, well, we're on the phone reviewing with them the same problems over and over and over. And it's like, really? At some point, someone has to be able to conduct a causal analysis on what is the deficiency that's contributing to this. So information is used from one perspective as a measurement of our outcomes. But I think that's where we get into um, 
a situation where we have to understand what the experience result is that we're looking for. Absolutely. Anyone can shorten a call. <laughs> well, I mean, really, I would be an expert at shortening calls. Um, although, you know, when I was a kid, my father used to, would take the phone from the kitchen into the small bathroom that was next to the kitchen and uh, he'd bang on the door and go, write him a letter, write him a letter. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been trained in short calls. <laughs> and they usually result in another call, in fact, from another phone in a different part of the house. But, well, there um, you go. Yeah, you, <laughs> exactly. have to be, you, you have to be able to have There's no options. reduction of resources there. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, and I, I think when we look at the other uses for information. So if I'm in the contact center and I'm a workforce management person and I have a calendar of events, you know, I'm looking for all those cross-functional relationships that might create demand into my operation. I need to look at, you know, so if you really look at information, we've got to go really, we've got to go back to the sources. Where are those calls coming from? If marketing is going to run a campaign, to this day, I become almost, um, I, I don't know if it's mad or sad, when I hear people say that marketing doesn't tell them what they're doing. You're just disappointed. <laughs> I think that's right. And, and that comes from expectations. I mean, disappointment comes from expectations. And I guess that's it. But in the contact center, we have to have expectations. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I've, I've heard you say that more than once. When are you going to start telling them? <laughs> well, exactly. It's, it's like if you know that a, a, a source isn't including you, it's not because they don't like you or they want to hurt you. It's simply because they, they, you're invisible. Yeah. You have, in fact, made yourself invisible. So there's no value relationship there. And turning information into currency at this stage in the planning uh, business unit means that I need information from these parties in order to deliver the best result for them. Yeah. So when I can now turn to marketing and say, I want to have a quarterly meeting and I'd like to get on the calendar what your, you know, what your plans are so we can determine if there's any training required to support that, any um, system updates that would have to be uh, prepared. And by the way, I also want to know if you're going to put any kind of announcement on our recordings like, hey, be sure to ask your representative about our new summer offerings. And the caller asked the representative, gosh, I don't know. We have a new offering. <laughs> well, and, then, and here's what I can provide to you, marketing. I can give you back how many appointments came out of this, how many people engaged in it and whatnot. I have so much to give you on your marketing campaign if you just tell me you're doing it. And that is the exact, that is the value proposition right there. And, and it's information as currency translates activities into value. Mm -hmm. So as we establish these relationships in conversations that are about a shared objective, 
the revenue engine, if you will, is something we all share and have to contribute to. So whether I'm customer care, whether I'm an access center, whether I'm marketing or any other uh, part of the enterprise, that's part of the vision. That's part of the brand. That's part of who we are supposed to be. So when we contextualize a conversation under a shared effort or belief, um, then we're putting ourselves on the same page as opposed to the call centers that um, find themselves unhappy with the fact that they're being surprised by a marketing effort and going to marketing in that mood. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, you've done it again. <laughs> you really ruined our service level. And they're like, I don't know, what's a service level? <laughs> <laughs> it's back to that they don't even really know you exist. They have a marketing well, campaign and they're, you're not even on their radar. Exactly. But our phone number's on your material. So... <laughs> It's really, really helpful if we can know what you're doing. And the contact center could come back and say, you want a bigger budget? We could show your revenue, the revenue gain from this marketing campaign, which could build your budget to be tenfold the size. And, you know, that's interesting, too, because sometimes you see that a, a, a customer relationship management system is deployed in other parts of the enterprise, but not the call center. Which it's kind of freaky when you think about it, yeah. um, or <laughs> short-sighted. The people, yes. Or, or you get the situation where where the marketing system people say, "Well, we're going to invest in, let's say, um, you know, uh, Salesforce, and and we're going to configure it how we want it. And we're going to have have it be ours. But you know, the call center, the contact center, can use it too." Well, speaking of that, I mean, I was, this whole survey that I was reading from Dimension Data, another one of the startling facts that I found was that 40% of contact centers have no data analysis tools, despite the analytics being voted the top factor to change the shape of the industry within the next five years. So talk about right there, you know, we'll share this with you, but you don't get your own. Well, exactly. And we'll configure it. And we'll kind of make you use it. And then we'll see situations like we've seen where the agent is spending not seconds, but potentially minutes completing forms mm -hmm. that you know the back end of most of these CRM systems could be configured to perform a lot smoother yes. with fewer keystrokes. Yes. But its configuration being, you know, solely directed by one team leaves the contact center out of the loop. Right. So the ability to, to give them that closed loop, you launch it today, I'll have stuff for you tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or an hour after it goes live. Right. And Absolutely. that is the you know, probably one of the second places where, you know, information becomes critical is in the cross-functional relationships and the ability to build the brand. Um, I think the other thing that we see as high value uh, in the contact center, and, you know, there's two ways to contribute to revenue. One is to generate revenue, which is certainly a lot of organizations 
do that. I think healthcare does it in access centers, but somehow they shy away from owning it as a revenue center. Mm -hmm. Um, That's something a lot of us are working on. Uh, (laughs) uh, But the other place where we impact revenue is on margin reduction by gaining efficiencies. So the ability for the contact center as the sort of nerve center of the customer experience, they're going to be able to identify why those calls are coming in. Mm -hmm. Uh, If, you know, if we've just launched our loyalty program and promo codes for the loyalty program aren't working on the website, who's going to know about that first? Right. The contact center is going to know about that first. If we then find ourselves in a situation where the contact center can is not allowed to input the reference discount and they can't fix the promo code either, then you have to like take a number, call them back, transfer the call to a group of people who are not prepared to, to handle it. So mm-hmm. we can bring forward, you know, this percentage of calls is unnecessary if we had done the the, the following. Uh, I had to call somebody recently and they uh, had a post-call survey, which I always take because I find them a fascinating study. <laughs> <laughs> and and they, oh, they asked all kinds of questions about John or whatever his name was. How was John? Oh, John was fantastic. Um, I love the ones that either have a comment box or a voice message you can leave. And it's like, you know, maybe you're asking, I left the message, but I think you're asking the wrong question. As great as John was, I should never have been required to meet him. If your website was performing at the level I'm sure you wish it did, I would never have placed this phone call. So even in that situation, it's it's avoidance that's uh, really a compelling pursuit. You know, I always I've had the saying, you know, that um, elimination is infinitely more powerful than automation. In order to eliminate, however, what do we require? Right. We require information. <laughs> And you've spoken about this before, too, but even talking about looking at physician utilization or why is there a high rate of no-shows? Is everybody having trouble finding the office or the parking or whatever the case may be? The contact center gets that information. And in healthcare, that can be huge. Well, and it's remarkable to me that we once did a... um, a study on the cost of a lost call in a healthcare environment where they had an, let's just call it the AA, the abundance of abandonment. <laughs> <laughs> so we thought, well, wouldn't it be interesting if we could just sort of put together a uh, sort of the reverse ROI, you know, it's like this money's on the table where we have a lot of availability in these practice types that are abandoning uh, we don't know if, if they're calling back. Uh, we really need to understand uh, what that, you know, what goes into that to produce the, the outcome that we want. It's, it's information that drives outcomes. And being able to 
consider revenue opportunities and revenue losses and efficiency gains are imperative in any environment where you're doing anything to do with revenue. And again, revenue and efficiency, you know, those two things are partners. Uh, every time I find that there's a, uh, your example of the phys physician utilization is, is a perfect example of information that often goes underutilized. You know, most of those electronic medical records can tell us what the physician utilization is by location. Mm -hmm. And if I'm in an access center and I'm studying that, I can really start to not just uh, work with my teams, but I can say to the medical, the clinical side, hey, if we, you know, moved this physician into the, the this location on these days, we think we could fill, you know, that 30% gap right. that she or he is experiencing in the current model. And that is value. Exactly. That is turning information into currency. I, I'm, I, I still am, you know, a little bit um, uh, stupefied, really, by the... Uh, reluctance to look at revenue as a uh, as a value add that contact centers bring to their um, you know their their enterprises well maybe it's a little bit of uh, what is that saying that you like the uh, previously protected rituals well yes <laughs> the PPRs the yes. uh, when um, you know when when you're trying to do substantial cultural changes and in healthcare you know we all know that there are a lot of permissions that exist that are inefficient and mm -hmm. they're they're contrary to the uh, outcomes that we're trying to produce so if a say a physician or even any kind of any anybody who's who services other people restrict access because of their own particular preferences we had a sports medicine uh, when we were doing a project for a healthcare company that the head physician of the sports medicine department uh you had to understand what you know kind of patients he saw and availability and stuff so we're asking him what kind of patients do you see and he says, I only see athletes. It's like, well, what's an athlete? Is an athlete someone who's paid and wears a uniform? Or is an athlete the 70-year-old man playing tennis? You know, yeah. uh, that is, that's really not an answer. Um, so <laughs> he didn't particularly care for that second question. However, it's relevant. Because right. how am I supposed to book appointments if you say, well, am I supposed to, hey, I broke my leg. Are you an athlete? <laughs> <laughs> well, I eat like an athlete, but I might not be an athlete. And um, I think that that's hard in healthcare moving into the contact center world and away from my buddy at the front desk who knows my preferences and can field it. You know, as we modernize and they become systems, it's just not. Well, world. It, yeah, it's the move. It, it's it's from private practice to what we're looking at as centralization. So right. I think as we 
look at kind of a, a third level of analytics. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the the term um, about speech analytics. You know, everybody wants to have their call recording systems and do um, QA for the individual rep, which is, a, you know, they're great programs if they're well done. Um, they should be coaching programs. They should be discovery and development rather than investigation and prosecution. Mm-hmm. That's probably for another podcast. <laughs> um, but, but when you look at the percentage of calls that we can monitor in most quality assurance programs is st- statistically insignificant. So the, 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 vet, the, you know, the manufacturers have continued to find ways to enhance our views. The addition of being able to listen to the voice and watch the data screen simultaneously mm-hmm. allows us more insight and information into the navigation, the system response, all those other things that come into play, if we go all the way you know, back to the beginning, they, they contribute to the metrics. Right. If I've got lag time in my system response, it's going to add seconds to my call. Sure. And the agent has no ability co- to correct that. Right. So when I, if I can do a screen capture and send it to IT and say this happens 4,000 times a day, it's costing us you know, a week's time in this performance uh, gap, that's adding value by you know, being able to use that right. recording material. But I think speech analytics has a has a the ability, in my mind, to actually optimize the recording inventory, because now I can, with a tool, scan thousands of interactions and have those interactions categorized for me against either a library of phrases that I came up with, or in the case of probably the more sophisticated offerings like uh, Verant, uh, they will actually say, Here's, here are phrases that are happening a lot that you didn't ask for. Yeah. Uh, and I've seen that be incredibly effective because now we are able to do discovery on those content analytics. So understanding, again, how do we discover what's going on within that call? And that's the, you know, that's sort of the digital age version. Uh, it'll give us insights into customers' needs and preferences. And, you know, I've got a tip for, um, for speech analytics phrases. My favorite word, and this was told to me by um, by a vendor. She was a very smart gal. And uh, she said, well, when we configure our speech analytics engines, we always include the word ridiculous. Because <laughs> mo- it's been found that most people who are upset with something will refer to it as being ridiculous. This is so, ridiculous. <laughs> yes, exactly. So they've solved... <laughs> A lot of problems that way by being able to to do that. But, you know, there's also um, 
a more analog approach that you can take that will also involve your your front line and that is ask this question you know what did you learn about our customers this week and if we did that whether it was daily weekly starting to get people involved in it so it might be even some funny things that happen but when you start asking that question and you start having little huddles around what we're learning about our customers, that's another source, not only of information, but it's also a way to inspire your team members to start, make sure they're thinking about the customer and not the process. And through this whole quality uh, the, the whole quality program with regard to information, if you have crafted a form that looks like a compliance audit, it's really, it, 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 it's really short on actionable information about the customer because it, they're almost universally crafted to find the agent making mistakes. And the consequence of those compliance audits are once people become experienced, you've really got not much to say to them. No, did, 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 did. You know, those are usually did, didn't, did, didn't, did, didn't, did, didn't. And, you know, what are you going to say? You did this 10 times. You didn't do that. Hey, nice talking to you. Well, Um, you talk about the speech analytics capturing the recording, and right there it can show, you know, the the agent didn't do this. But let's look back at the the actual situation and what part of the process led to the agent not being able to do this. Exactly. And that, you know, people, um, there's a a bit of a, a... uh, an objective, I think, for speed. And the speed analytics is what we started with. That's looking at metrics. That's easy. I can take out a report. I know how many calls came in, who took them, how long they lasted, how many hung up. Well, good for you. Um, <laughs> and those are important to know. I don't yeah. want it to seem as if they're not important, but they're important for the purposes of uh, of forecasting and planning. Exactly. Uh, What's important in the next phase is the interaction and the transaction, that it's a quality interaction and it's a, an accurate transaction. And that we have gotten to that, <clears throat> that point by engaging our cross-functional partners and bringing people to the table and making sure that we have a good, healthy calendar of events. Then we have another information category in our QA and our ability to gain insights specifically into customers changing needs and preferences. So I think there's, um, there's the answer to if information is currency or contact centers revenue engines, well, I think it's yes. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I would say yes, it is. <laughs> Any other thoughts before we close out, Hannah? No, I think this was great. I think we could talk about this for hours. <laughs> I know we could, but we're not going to. <laughs> but please tune in, come back, send us your questions or feedback at info at powerhouse1.com. That's the digit one. And we'll look forward to our next, to the next time we get together. Till then, stay safe, be well.